welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Well, I'm going to be beginning a, a new series this morning called The Final Week. The Final Week. And we're going to be chronicling Jesus' final week on earth in the seven-week series in Lent. Now, Lent is a um, time on the Christian calendar where we lengthen our days. Lent means to lengthen our days. Or uh, some people might translate it to mean spring. You know, Sarah and I were driving in one of the cold days a couple weeks ago, and she just found that her heart was saying, when will spring come? You know, like in uh, the Chronicles of Narnia and that, and it was sort of like a passing thought that became her prayer. Lord, let spring come. Let spring come and the season will turn. You know, winter, even in Cleveland, the, the season will turn and, you know, we'll be in, as my friend Jeff says, we'll be in Cleveland shorts weather, which is what, 40, 50 degrees? We'll get there. The season will turn. That's Lent. That's what Lent is about. Uh, spring is coming. Easter is coming. The resurrection is coming. And it also means that winter is unfolding. Winter is dissolving. Let that be an encouragement to us. We often think, yes, yeah, spring is coming. Spring is coming. But we forget the winter's unfolding. So that what? Even death itself works backward. Yeah, that's what the resurrection means. That's where we're headed. Winter is unraveling and spring is coming. And so this morning in the first episode, you could say, of the final week is Jesus riding in to Jerusalem for Passover. And typically this is reserved for Palm Sunday. This is what's been uh, come to be known as Palm Sunday. And I'll teach it right before Easter, the week before Easter, but I thought, you know what? Let's just teach it today. So we're going to be in Mark 11, and we're going to read Mark 11, 1 through 11, and the context is that we are in Jerusalem. We're in the holy city. This is a city that means so much to so many people. It's Zion. It's like the picture of like, you know, this will be heaven on earth. Um, And pilgrims from all over, pilgrims like Jewish pilgrims, not like English pilgrims who founded America, are coming from all over Israel, all over the world, and celebrating Passover. The festival of Passover. So it would be fair estimate to say that there are like 200, 250,000 people that are descending, or ascending rather, to Jerusalem during the time of Passover. Jesus is one of those pilgrims, and he's coming into Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And that's where we pick up the story. We read this. As they approached Jerusalem and they came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you and just as you enter it, 
you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Tell him the Lord needs it and we'll send it back here shortly. We'll get, we'll get your donkey back to you. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. As they approach Jerusalem, it's a little phrase there that we could skip over, but I feel like is really important to the text. And it signifies that Jesus was a humble servant. What kind of king are we welcoming into the city? Jesus is the humble servant king. As they approach Jerusalem, think with, you, think with me for a minute about what this means that Jesus is approaching the city. Jesus knows all things. He's fully God, fully man. Yet he chooses to take the road from Jericho to Jerusalem and approach the city. Jesus runs runs. <laughs> Jesus goes toward the place where he will be convicted of a crime he didn't commit. Jesus goes toward the city where he will be betrayed by one of his closest friends. Jesus goes towards the place, the city in which he'll be buried after he dies. What a humble servant king we have in Jesus. Amazing. He knows all of that is going to unfold within the next seven days. And yet he chooses to approach the city. I found out something really interesting this week that really messed with my head a little bit. And I want to share it with you. Not to mess with your heads, but just to share it with you because I think you'll enjoy it. I found out this week that the procession that we read about here was not the only procession that was happening that week in Jerusalem. There's a Roman historian who's a very credible source who goes on to share that um, there were two processions that day. Yeah, the the same day. So Jesus enters on the east side of the city. And he's coming in on a donkey that's never been ridden by anyone. Meanwhile, on the west side of the city, there's another procession going on. See, what's happening here is that Jerusalem is ruled by Rome. The imperialist Roman government is, is, over, is over Israel. And so when the big festivals happen, religious festivals happen, and you've got something like two hundred to 250,000 people descending on a city, you need crowd control. And so 
it's well documented on the same day that Jesus rides in from the east side, Pontius Pilate rides in from the west side. Very interesting. So if you put yourself in the scene, Pontius Pilate is riding through on the war horse that we wish Jesus would ride. And Pontius Pilate marches with the sword we wish Jesus would carry. And Pontius Pilate has legionnaires with him who are dressed up in their, um, in their garb, shiny shields and helmets that we wish Jesus followers wore. It's the epitome of two kingdoms clashing. Power and wealth and the peasant king coming riding from the in from the east. And the question is, which procession are you at? Which procession do I find myself at? Well, I've got kids. And even though Rome is an imperial force in and over the country of Jerusalem, I've, if I were a gambling man, which I'm not, but if I were, I've got 20 bucks that says Luca comes up to me and says, I want to see the helmets. I want to see the, shine, the show of force. Yes, Pontius Pilate riding in. Let's go to that procession. It's also well documented that this scene that plays out in Mark is probably not the, the gallant, huge affair that we think that it is. There's maybe a couple hundred, if a thousand people who come to see the peasant king, Jesus, ride in on his noble steed, the donkey, to Jerusalem. Which procession are we at? Last year when... When I taught this, we put ourselves in the story. Where are you at in this procession? This year, I'm like, gosh, am I even, am I even there? Or do I miss it? Because of something shiny. Because of power. Because of the show of force. Because that's what I'm attracted to. You know? Which procession are we at? And here's Jesus, the humble servant king strolling through the east side of the city into Jerusalem. This is how we can know that the king we follow is humble and he's a servant. That he approached the city. That phrase sounds sort of strange, doesn't it? But a servant serves and a king is served. The two don't go together. He tends to do things that make no sense to the world. Jesus said, the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life freely as a ransom for many. No wonder my heart blows up and I want to follow this servant king. No wonder. He laid his life down and paid the price for my sin willingly. He didn't He didn't say, you know, Eben, I don't really feel like it right now. Dying, you know, dying for your sins and stuff, that whole thing. I really don't feel like it. Jesus says, you know, I've got I've got this whole Netflix series that I'm binging right now. Um your needs are going to have to wait. 
He doesn't do that. He, he, has, he doesn't have better things to do. Jesus never has better things to do than to attend our need and lay his life down. He wasn't a victim. He laid his life down and gave his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man came to serve and not be served, and he's a humble and servant king as they approach Jerusalem. He's not only a humble servant king, What kind of king is he? He's a king who brings peace. He's a king who brings peace. He is peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. He's the authority of all shalom. Any any sense of peace that we experience or wholeness or right relationship is attributed to to Jesus. He's the source of peace. He is peace. And in the text, we see... That when they approach the city, Jesus tells two of his disciples, we don't know which ones, to go fetch him a donkey. And not in some translations say not even a donkey, but the kid of a donkey, a young, the young donkey. And this one, this is really good. So Jesus is a king of peace and he quotes Zechariah. We have it. There it is. He quotes Zechariah, and he says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a a donkey. Now, isn't it interesting that Pontius Pilate is riding in on a war horse, and he's victorious, yes, exerting rule over the Jewish people. How is it that Jesus is a victorious king, yet he rides in on a donkey? It's amazing. It's really amazing. There's this thing called the Mishnah. And the Mishnah is the oral tradition of the Torah. All of Jesus' disciples would have known it. Every single one. And they would have known it by heart. And there's a passage in the Mishnah that says that the animal that the king rides on will not be ridden on by anyone else. And so Jesus, when Jesus says to go fetch him that donkey, what does he say? He says, there will be a a donkey out there that no one's ever ridden on before. His disciples would have been like, "Uh, wait, what's going on here? What's happening here? And then furthermore, he says, go grab the donkey, not the war horse. <laughs> grab the donkey. <laughs> Good one, Jesus. It's almost a spectacle. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost laughable that our king is riding into the city on a donkey. But it means that he's the king of peace. He's not carrying a sword like Pilate. His hands are open. He's not coming with an army with swords and helmets and shields. He's coming with a ragtag group of fishermen to celebrate the festival. The peasant king. He 
He's a king of peace. Where do we need to experience peace? You know, right off the top of my head, our school systems could use a little bit of the peasant king's peace. Parkland, Florida could use a little bit of peace. Not like a peace treaty, but like wholeness, shalom. Where do we need to see in victorious, triumphant, this passage is called sometimes the triumphal entry, triumphant peace, Jesus riding into our lives on a donkey. Where is that for you? He's a humble servant king. He's a king of peace. And he's also a king who saves unexpectedly. Jesus rules in peace. He's humble. He serves. And he also saves unexpectedly. Jesus is always doing this. Jesus always does the things that we don't expect him to do. That's, by the way, one of the reasons, that's, that's one of the ways that you can tell if you're following the real Jesus. Because the real Jesus doesn't agree with everything you think about the real Jesus. <laughs> you know, sometimes we fashion Jesus in our hand and in our minds, and we say, well, of course Jesus would want me to get that raise at work. Why, why wouldn't Jesus want me to have that beautiful model of a wife? Why, why wouldn't Jesus want me to have that new uh, sports car in my garage? Jesus, you're good with that, right? Oh, yes, I hear you saying yes, yes, Jesus. This is the beautiful and wonderful thing about who Jesus is, is that Jesus doesn't agree with everything you think about him. And it's wonderful. I love that Jesus says to me quite frequently, no, son, in the most gentle way, no, son, that's not the way. That's not the way that we treat people. No, no, son, Luca, Luca deserves better than that. Your son deserves better than that. No, no, Eben, that's, that's not the thing that you should say to your, to your wife. No, that's, that's not the way that, that I want my church run. Amen. Was that a mic drop? I felt like that might have been a mic drop. Yes. Yeah, it's good news, right? It's good, it's good news that Jesus doesn't agree with everything that we think about him. He comes in the most unexpected way. What's that verse there, Danny? Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna. Save. Save us, please. Save us, please. Save us from who? Save us from Rome. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna, save us. Save us from the Romans. Which procession are you at? The people who are at this procession are asking Jesus to save them from something that he hasn't even come to save them from. Or in, I should say, in the way that they expect him to do it. Save us, save us, because you are a failure of a Messiah. You don't have swords. You don't have legions of armies. 
And you're riding on a donkey. Wonderful. Save us. Save us, Jesus. The branches at his feet, the cloaks at his feet, the peasant king rides in and saves in the most unexpected way. Dies on a cross. Dies. Messiahs are not supposed to die. (laughs) If you're Jewish in this time and you're like, and you're like, you know, I'm in need of a Messiah. Hosanna, save us, son of David. You're expecting something that Jesus is not prepared to give you. Jesus doesn't always agree with the way that we see or think about him. He saves us unexpectedly. What kind of king? What kind of king is that? What kind of king rides in on a donkey? A donkey that might be like stolen or hijacked. What kind of king builds a castle with a wide open door for children to enter, but a needle-sized hole for the wealthy? And the powerful. What kind of king rides in on a donkey into the city where his assassins are waiting? What kind of king enters his assassin's city with a ragtag commotion and not one security guard in sight? What kind of king lets his subjects treat him like a military liberator but doesn't even come with a single sword or weapon? What kind of king lets his followers send a public message to the competing powers with no intent of answering a single challenge? What kind of king are you, Jesus? What kind of king sends two followers to fetch a donkey and knows exactly what they'll need to say to get that donkey? What kind of king can tell a blind beggar your faith has made you well And actually make him see. What kind of king can weep at the funeral of his friend. Only to say Lazarus come out. And watch him come back to life. What kind of king can sit at the dinner table with his subjects. And be subject to them and wash their feet. What kind of king can carry his own cross. And can serve his assassin and help in his own execution. What kind of king can die so that his assassins can live. What kind of king are you, Jesus? What kind of king who comes to serve rather than be served? This is the kind of king who keeps his promises. This is the kind of king that we can trust. This is the kind of king who can save, a kind of king that I can follow. Hosanna, palm branches at the feet of Jesus. Hosanna, save us. 
You know, we're in need of a Savior. Last, last night, sitting down with these women and, and men who are coming out of a, addiction, or in recovery, you know, one of the women looked at me and with tears in her eyes, she said, I didn't have, this is the one who tried to end her life twice in August. Just in August, this past August. You know, she was on her way to being one of the statistics. Being one of the statistics to add to the number of the, the opioid epidemic in Cuyahoga County. Tried to end it twice. Tears in her eyes. She says, you know, I didn't tell her I was a pastor either. I didn't cheat the whole night. She says, how long have you been? She go, I, you know, I, I was just bringing the meal. But she said, well, how, you know, she sits down with her spaghetti. And she says, how long have you been sober? I said, that's good. Got some common ground to work with. I go, 15 years. One day at a time. She says, one day at a time. Tears in her eyes. She says, I tried to take my own life twice in August. Streaming down her face. I, I didn't have one more try in me, she says. I didn't have one more go left. And here, here I am, the grace of God. I don't know what I did to deserve this. She's crying, weeping over her brownie and her spaghetti. It was wonderful. Hosanna, she says. Debbie's at that procession. Jackie's at that procession. Hosanna. I'm done with heroin. Hosanna. I don't have one more try left in me. I I can't. I want to end it and I can't. (laughs) You see, she's like in between two words. I want to end it. I can't. Hosanna, save me. I can't live in in between anymore. Hosanna, save me. Hosanna, where, where is your heart this morning crying out to the peasant king of peace, the humble king, the king who can save you unexpectedly? Hosanna, save, save. Maybe it's in your relationship with your spouse. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's at your work situation. Maybe there's depression that's settled in over your life or oppression. Where do you need to hear from the humble king that he's saving? He's a saving king. Maybe it's with a substance, alcohol, and your heart is crying out, Hosanna, save I love the drink, hate the drink. I can't, I, I can't live like this anymore. Hosanna, save. Maybe you can't get away from the clutches of pornography. Maybe you're, you're, whatever it is, wherever your heart is crying, Hosanna, save. Jesus, the peasant king is ready to ride in. And save you in the most unexpectedly wonderful way. I promise you that. I promise you. 15 years sober, one day at a time. As the worship team comes, would you join me in standing? We want to invite, invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. Invite 
the peasant king to come and proceed in our hearts. Save us. Hosanna. Blessed is he. With the worship team cup. Do I have to? <laughs> um, do I have to? Do I get to? Do I get to? Um, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In the same way, Jesus is so perfect. In the same way that David rode a donkey into Jerusalem hundreds of years before, after his son Absalom had rebelled and taken over the kingdom, Jesus rides in because he's a king like David with a heart that's soft and a heart that accepts us, a heart that loves us. Where do you need, where does your heart need to cry, your life need to cry out to God, Hosanna, son of David, 